0: I know I'm, I'm going to start off today with a very deep and theological question for you. Okay, I need, need some help help with this question. Very deep. Um, can you give me what are some reasons why? Whoops. Um, why high school students date? What are some reasons? Very, very, very deep theological question. Why do high school students date? Sonny, yes. Hormones, okay? Hey, your, your hormones have some desires there. Yes. What? Shh. Okay, uh, validation. You know, I, I feel better about myself uh, because of it. Yes. I am lonely. I don't want to be alone. Okay, yes. Okay, people are pretty. Okay, Yes. Okay, I have feelings. I have feelings um, uh, there, Ethan. It's fun. Okay, it's fun. Okay, okay. Why not? why not? Okay, and maybe everyone else is doing it. So why, uh, why not, Drake? Because teenagers make bad decisions. Okay, because teenagers make bad, bad decisions. There you go, Drake. Aaron, what do you? What? Are you... Okay. I'm looking for someone to marry. Okay. Wow. A oh, whole bunch of, uh, bunch of things there. Okay. Now a couple of things just to, just to be clear here. Um, I think, uh, some of, some of those reasons you guys have mentioned actually are, are biblical reasons, right? Um, you know, I, I think we were created. Not I think the Bible says we were created to be in relationships with other people. Genesis talks about how it was, it's not good for for us to be alone, right? Um, and even I mean, it, shoot, to be to be clear, even clear, right? I think sex. Not I think sex is something that God created, right? It is not in itself evil, right? Now it needs to be done in its proper context. That God created it uh, to. Created it for. Um, so I'm not here to say, hey, look, dating is, is evil and wrong, right? That is not my point, okay? But I think I bring that up because you guys have all probably seen some really bad reasons people date. Um, you know, there's definitely, as, as some, of, some of you mentioned, people see it as kind of like a status symbol. I need to have. Uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend to validate me. Um, I feel better about myself when I have that. Um, I, look, I am cooler than you because I have uh, have, a, have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, I, I know you guys are high schoolers and way more mature than this, but definitely some in middle school, and I'm being a little sarcastic, but they're like, Hey, we started dating uh, We started dating in first block, um, so that, you know, we look, look, hey, they're dating, huh, everyone's talking about us, and then by lunch, we've broken up. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but you definitely see uh, a lot of bad reasons there. Um, I don't really don't actually care about you. I'm just kind of using you uh, to look good, myself. You exist to look good, or, or even worse yet, you exist... Uh, for my uh, pleasure, right? And you've probably seen in relationships, a lot of times where where desire, a lust, is controlling, um, you or your friend or someone you see uh, in your school. You're so focused on that special someone else, everyone else gets ignored. Uh, you're making decisions that you know are not the best decisions or the wise decisions, but you have that hormone in you, you have that desire in you, and, and this is just what I'm doing. Um, it, what might have started as a healthy desire clearly goes to something uh, we know is out of bounds, Right? I think the same thing as we talk about kind of desire is is true with our even our, like our cell phones. Right. It's not wrong that you have a cell phone. It's not wrong uh, that you want to connect with other people. It's not wrong that entertainment is not wrong. There's valid uses of your phone. Right. Um, but you all know I, I like this table right here. It's got the nice pile of a pile of cell phones there. But there's still that like temptation, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Drake's doing it like, yeah, but, 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 but I haven't checked my phone in like two minutes. Okay, calm down, calm down. Like, I haven't checked my phone in two minutes, right? And we're, shh. You've been in those situations where you're with other people. You're with other people. And you're like, I just, I just, I, just, I have to, I have to know. Right? I could talk to the person right in front of me, but there was a little buzz. And actually, I'm sorry, I, I, I need I need to I need to respond to this, right? The person right in front of you becomes worth less than that person that's maybe a hundred miles from you. Right? Um where I just I have to know. I have to see it. Uh you know, uh you, you're kind of ruled by the instincts. I see it like on, uh, on the bus ride to summer camp, right? The number of people that are like reaching for their pocket and like, oh, it's not there. <gasps> like, I'm, I'm a, can I, can I, I can't, can't handle this, right? Um, and, and it's an instinct that we have inside of us where we don't know, sometimes you don't even choose what we're doing. It's just something that, that our desires program us. And you can probably think back even into this past week where you know there was that productive thing you should have done, could have done, right? Something you should have listened to your parents on, but you had that desire to play that video game or that desire to do something else and your desire ruled over you. You know, I, I, I've never been uh, addicted to drugs or other substances, but there's definitely been periods where in my life where I've, I've needed to play that video game. I needed to have my phone. I needed, I, like, I just have that strong desire for people to laugh at my jokes or approve me. You know, I, I mean, I, I see this, uh, I, I see this every week with junior hires and I don't think it's m- totally different in a lot of senior high small groups, right? Um, but we're sitting in our small group, Right? And there's a discussion that's happening, right? And someone is sharing something that might be that might even be on topic. But someone else, as someone is sharing, there's that other story that just comes to your brain right then. And someone could be sharing something really deep and really sig- is significant. And then suddenly someone else says, but I have to butt in right now and tell you what I think right now because what I think is the most important thing. And this is a really funny story. And you could have been bearing your soul about some insecurity, something. But I have a really funny story right now. And don't you want to hear it right now? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes you do. Right. But it's... What my desire is rules over everything else. And it doesn't matter if I hurt you. It doesn't matter if I'm not listening to you. It doesn't matter if I should be talking to the person right in front of me. This other desire controls me. And, uh, and again, not that all your desires are wrong. It's not wrong that you want to relax, right? Right? God did his work in six days and then on the seventh day, we're supposed to rest. It's not wrong that you want friends. God created us to be in relationship. It's not wrong that you have a physical attraction to the opposite gender. That is, again, part of God's creation. But if I see, I want, I take, and I'm just ruled by my desires, that's a problem. Um... Uh, help me out, remind me, what book of the Bible are we looking at right now? Yes, Judges. Judges. Hey, it's even on, <laughs> on the screen, okay? Um, and, our, and our overall theme, overall theme is, is really this question, who are you following, right? And in, in week one, I, uh, as, as I, I spoke in, in week one of the series, um, it really about moral relativism and, and kind of following self. Right when I make myself God, and and we 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 talked about hey, when there is no absolute authority, it leads to absolute chaos, as we see in Judges. And Sterling built on that in week two, talking about the judges cycle um, of of hey, they would forget God, God would bring some oppression in in their in their lives and in their worlds. They would call out to God finally and say, hey, God, we know we need you. God would send uh, some deliverer or judge. Uh, There would be a period of peace. um, And then they forget God again. Um, And talking about the idols that we worship. And then, uh, well, you guys didn't meet last week. So two weeks ago, uh, Lee talked uh, about the way we kind of make deals with God. Uh, We're expecting something back from God. It's it's really what I want uh, from God. And Lee last week talked about some of the earlier judges. um, uh, And today, though, I am going to talk about the last judge uh, in the book, the last official judge in the book of Judges, and as, you, as we talked about before, you know, the whole book of Judges is really this downward spiral, this downward spiral, and we're going to be talking about this guy right here at the bottom of the spiral. We're going to talk about Samson this week and next week. Uh, we will be uh, talking about the life of Samson. Honestly, I'll be... I honestly don't know why God even chooses to use Samson. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities uh, in Samson because you're going to see a guy 100% just controlled by his uh, his desires. And kind of a key point that I want us to walk away with today is this. If you don't desire God, your desires will rule you. That's a little bit of where we're going to go today. Before we do, I want you to turn to your tables, answer these questions. What's the difference between a healthy and unhealthy desire? And what ways do you see your desires controlling you? Got a couple minutes at your tables. Go. Okay. I'm going to pray for us. Then we're going to dig into God's word together. God in heaven, I just come before you grateful and thankful for the privilege we have of gathering together today, Lord. Um, and just Honestly, the, the peace that we have here to gather is, is not something that exists in a lot of the world, Lord. And so we're grateful for that. And we do pray, pray for peace uh, in our world. And, and we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that are, that are really struggling with a lot of hard situations, God. Lord, um, God, we pray now as just we look at your word uh, that we would, uh, we would see your truth in it, Lord. And we would uh, that you would just help grow our desire for you and your sons to me pray. Amen. Okay, uh, we are going to look at the life of Samson. I want to give you a little overview uh, of, of, his, of his life. Um, it starts in uh, Judges chapter 13. We read this. It says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for." 40 years. Again, kind of the whole judges cycle. They got into a a pattern of of false worship, ignoring God. Uh, And so they're ruled by the Philistines. They're in a 40 years of pain because they again uh, rejected uh, God. And uh, just to kind of help me uh, go over the story of Samson, I I got some of my friends from the Brick Testament here. Um, And so what happens? Uh, as a, as a story, there's a, there's an old infertile couple uh, from the tribe uh, of Dan, uh, and Samson's going to have this very miraculous birth. That that's really showing that from a young age he has been set apart for God's purposes and works. Okay, so an angel comes to them and says, "Hey, you're going to have a, a son." but he is to be set apart. He is to be clean. Don't cut his hair. He's supposed to take a, a Nazarene vow, which is really a vow of, of purity. And keep, again, keep in mind, Samson is supposed to be super pure, okay? Now, if you know his story, eh, doesn't really live up to that. But that's, that's what he's supposed to do. But his parents are really confused uh, by all of this, and you can see this in a lot of a lot of different ways. His parents are confused. Uh, it kind of, one implies that they're not really following the Lord. Uh, the way he kind of rebukes them for eating things they shouldn't. Um, the dad thinks that they're all going to die because they've seen the angel. And the mom is like, dude, why would he kill us? Why would he say you're going to have a kid and then kill us? That makes no sense. They think they can feed the angel. Bottom line, they offer the sacrifice uh, to, uh, to the Lord. Okay, And then Samson is born. And now you would think, okay, hey, there's we've been oppressed, and now there's been this miraculous birth of the strong dude. Um, you would think the first thing you read about Samson uh, as an adult should be something like, and then he went down the Philistines and killed a bunch of them and delivered some like cool thing that he did to save the people. But what's the first thing we read about Samson as an adult in chapter 14? It says, Samson went down to Timnah. the a Philistine village. And at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. He walks down to Knott, uh, uh, you know, to a, a Gentile place, a place of people that are not following the Lord. And he sees a girl and he's like, she looks cute. And he goes back to his parents and says, Hey, mom and dad, I saw this girl. She's hot. I want her as my wife. Now, there's... Again, he's ruled by his desires. I see, I want, I take. Um, And again, a desire for a wife isn't a, a bad thing. But you notice there's nothing about like her character that he likes. There's nothing like... Hey, she loves Jesus. Um, it's just, she's really attractive, and I want her. Um, and now, before we rag on Samson uh, too much, I'll be honest, that, that desire for physical appearance, to be honest, that's the way we rate most people today. Um, whether it's same gender, opposite gender, we, have a, we place a huge value uh, that is unneeded on physical appearance. Uh, appearance. I mean, if I just like put up these two people, right? Who would you rather be friends with? Who would you rather talk to, right? Um, <laughs> we shh. What's the, what's this guy's name? He's from what? Cobra Kai? What Ben Urich? No. Anyway, actor. But you know, just think about it. Shh. Think about what we see in uh, what we see in media, right? First of all, in media, every, everyone is always super attractive in all the shows. They, you know, they don't cast average-looking people in the shows, right? And all the, all the plots from all the romance things, it's like I saw them across the room, and it's not like I saw them across the room and was really attracted by the, how they were generous, kind, and compassionate. No, you see them across the room, and they'd have the hair flip, and the light is glowing, you're like, ah, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, it's what we see... In our society, because we live in a society that is ruled by desires, just like Samson was, right? And uh, Samson is just saying uh, to his parents, no, go get her, for she looks pleasing to me. That's why, why he's making his decision on who he wants as a wife, right? So they're on the way, uh, on the way. And speaking of seeing, look at his eyes. They're just really creepy. Um, anyway. On the way to get married uh, or to visit her, there's this lion comes and attacks him. Samson goes beast mode, rips the lion in half. I don't know how it all happens. Okay, And then as as, as he sees a girl again, this is what it says. He went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. Again, our, our whole theme for this series the uh, theme verse for this series has been Judges 21-25. In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Samson is doing exactly that. And as I talked about in week one, with moral relativism and, and no standard of truth, no absolute truth leads to absolute chaos. Now, a couple weeks uh, 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 pass by, and Samson's walking by that carcass again, and he sees that there's these bee, this beehive that's in the carcass. And he goes in and grabs a bunch of honey, eats it, and, uh, and then gives some to his parents. Anyone know why this might be a problem? Might be an issue. Mr. Gravy. Yeah. Okay. As, with the vow of purity that he took, he was not supposed to touch uh, something, uh, something that was dead. Now, it doesn't mean it's wrong for you or I to touch something uh, something dead. Um, just like, it's not wrong for you to wear athletic shorts and a t-shirt and, and watch a YouTube video with your friends and laugh, right? It's not wrong for you to do that. However, if you were wearing athletic shorts, wearing a regular t-shirt, and laughing at a YouTube video in the back of a funeral, that would be a problem, okay? Um, not, again, not wrong what he did uh, or not, yeah, but he was supposed to be pure. He's not taking God's word or command seriously. Noah's going to talk about that more uh, next week. He eats some, gives some to his parents, Uh, but they're now at this big wedding feast uh, for uh, for this wedding celebration. And basically Samson gets up and says, hey, I have this riddle. Uh, If over the seven days of the feast, you can solve the riddle, I'll give you 30 changes of clothes. If not, You have to give me 30 changes of clothes. And now a change of clothes in those days and age, people would only have one or two changes of clothes. So this was a a big, big deal, a lot of money. Well, the people can't figure it out. And so they start pressuring his wife. They're like, you're going to figure out the answer to this riddle or we're going to kill you. And uh, your family, uh, after several days, woman keeps begging. I don't know. Um, After three days of crying, uh, Samson finally spills all the secrets. You're going to see the same thing later with Delilah. Uh, best way to get, this guy is super strong, always spills his secrets when a woman comes to him crying, okay? But what does that tell us about his desires? Um, And they finally say, hey, we know the riddle. So now you owe 30 changes of clothes. And so what does Samson do? He goes to another Philistine village, kills 30 people, uh, takes all their clothes and gives them and says, fine, here you go. Here, and and he kind of pay, and he pays up. He's ticked. Um, he's ticked, so the dad of this woman thinks that Samson doesn't want to be with her anymore, so he gives her to another man um, uh, to be uh, his husband. And, um, and a couple months uh, go by, and Samson's basically like, hey, I want to go have sex, and let me go back uh, to my wife. Zero again about her character or anything that he appreciates about her. But she is a physical body for his pleasure in in his mind. And he goes back to her dad's house. And dad's like, "Uh, I uh, gave her to someone else uh, to be married. And Samson just gets really ticked and pissed about this. So he gets a bunch of foxes. I don't know how he captures all these foxes. Ties their tails together, puts a torch on them, and releases them all in the fields of the Philistines. Basically, the foxes are running this way, that way, and the next way with the torch. Burns down all their fields. All the people are, are really mad, uh, mad about it. And so they take the woman and her dad, and they burn them alive um, and kill them. And then Samson's like, what? You ended up burning my wife, who I was mad at, and I don't care about this, but I'm just mad, and so let me kill the entire village, okay? And if you're like, this seems really weird. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Samson just goes around and is like, this is what I desire. These people take me off. Let me kill them. There's no, like, hey, this is how I could deliver people uh, for the Lord, anything like that. I'm just mad. Let me kill uh, some people. Okay? Now the Philistines are uh, mad that that Samson's gone and killed this whole village uh, of people. And so they send an army of, of, of a army to Judah to go and arrest Samson. The people of Judah are like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're at peace with you. Um and so they go to arrest. They're like, we'll, we'll bring uh, Samson to you. Don't burn us down, please. They go to uh, arrest Samson. And, uh, and this is their kind of their dialogue. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, don't you know that Philistines are rulers over us? Like, there's a, a problem, Samson. What then is it that you've done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I've done to them. Like, they messed with me and I just messed with them. Don't, don't talk to me like this the thing I find really interesting about this is you'll notice there's no mention of God here there's no like Samson's like hey you know what will you trust God that God has a plan of deliverance they're not like hey Samson we've seen you do some great things and deliver and, and kill some Philistines we want to rally behind you and fight are you like do there's no God anywhere in it and Samson just says, "Hey, just don't kill me. You can bind me up. That's fine. Just bind me up and take me to him, and uh, I'll take care of it." So they bind him up, they take him to the, to the Philistines, and Samson, again, goes beast mode, grabs a donkey, a fresh donkey's jawbone, again touching something dead, and kills a thousand people with the donkey's jawbone. just goes. Off and starts clobbering them, and in the statement of arrogance, he even has kind of like a like his boast poem. He's like, "With the jawbone of a donkey, I laid them in heaps." Right? He's like, kind of, you know, um, you know, he's you know, bagging them, whatever. You know, you know, he's kind of like that's what he, you know. in the I know what it means when you play your video games right, and you're over there, dead bodies. Come on, I, and I know where the context is. Sorry. But like, that's what he's doing. He's trash talking them all, right? And, and yes, Samson is a very crude figure in scripture. He's not like, hey, this is what God's word says. There's nothing pleasant about him, okay? Samson is a man 100% ruled by his desires. And he just says, hey, I took this donkey's jawbone and I killed a bunch of you. You guys stink. I can, I can defeat anyone I want. And in his arrogance, he goes, he, goes, uh, he goes and kills them. Um, and now, what would we expect next out of Samson? Some great deliverance, some great plan, some great anything. No, the next chapter starts with, Samson went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and went into her. Um, he sees, notice it's all, this is what I saw, and uh, this is what I'm going to do. They try to capture him again. He's like, you ain't going to capture me. He rips the gate off the front of the city and puts it up on uh, a mountain. Um, and then uh, finally we get to the story of Samson and Delilah. We haven't even gotten to Samson and Delilah yet. Um, and Noah's going to talk about more uh, this more next week. But it's the same thing. Delilah is probably a prostitute. Samson sees her, loves her, has, gets into this relationship with her. Uh, she looks good, and he has desires for her. The Philistines are like, hey, uh, Delilah, if you figure out a secret, we'll give you lots of money. Um, he starts off lying to her a bunch of times. And then finally, uh, same thing with his wife. She cries enough to him that he, said, she, he finally spills, spills his secrets. Because I think he thinks he's invincible. Uh, they uh, finally can arrest uh, and Samson. They bind him. They pluck out. Uh, they pluck out his eyes, gouge out his eyes. Not that his eyes ever led him to do something uh, good. And then they have this big party to celebrate to their god that they finally uh, captured Samson. And Samson finally prays out to God, "Hey, God, uh, help me get revenge." But it's not for your name's sake. It's really, "Hey, let me get revenge for my two eyes." Um, and he pushes over the temple and it says more people, more Philistines died in that day than in the rest of Samson's life. And again, uh, Noah will get into this more week, next week. But if you think this is weird, as judges said, in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You see a man 100 percent ruled by his desires. And going back to our key point for today, if you don't desire God, your desires will rule you. At your tables, got a couple questions for you. Uh, Where might your desires be leading you to some consequences you don't want and what does it mean to desire God? You got two minutes to your tables, go. I wanna uh, talk for just a minute uh, just for about some of the consequences I really see when I am ruled by my desires, okay? Uh, When I have seen in my own life and I really see in Samson's life, when I'm ruled by my desires, What happens uh, to me? The first is this. We end up hurting the people around us because they're just a means to an end. Again, we see this a ton with Samson. He really doesn't care about anyone other than how they fulfill his desires. Mom, Dad, get me this woman. She looks good to me. Um, You know... Even again, his killing to deliver Israel isn't, hey, God has led us to this fight, led us to this battle. Like uh, two weeks ago when Lee was talking about uh, Deborah and Barak. It's really, whoever takes off Samson, let me go, uh, let me go kill them. And I think in, in our lives, if you want to leave a trail of hurt and broken people in your world, follow your desires. People are all like, follow my heart follow i just am following my heart those people are the people that hurt the most people And i've seen it over and over in my life you I mean you see with like so celebrities and politicians when they're making their their apologies for something like well i didn't mean to hurt anyone um they're actually probably right they probably didn't intend to hurt anyone but when you're going for your desire nothing else matters and, and, and people are just a means to an end that you want. I mean, you see this with relationships that are just based on desire and sight, right? There might be that, that physical de- um, desire, that chemistry that's there, or just even the desire to say, I have that boyfriend or their girlfriend. And, and maybe for a season, everyone looks happy, right? And then they break up. There's broken friendships. You've seen plenty of that in your schools, right? Hey, they were really close. Or, hey, we were close. And then they started dating. And then they ignored me. And now we're not close anymore. And then it was super awkward between them. There's hurt feelings. I mean, if, if I'm solely evaluating someone based on my desire, uh, not their character, how long do you really think that relationship is going to last? Yeah, it might last for a, a few years. But you know what? Physically, over time, your bodies change. And, you know, people start thinking, well, you're not making me happy anymore. You don't fulfill my desires. I'm out. And then we end up with divorce and and kids that are just really hurt in that process. You know, it's, when when, when I'm ruled by my desires, I just stop thinking about how it impacts other people. I mean, I see this all the time with like donuts in the back, right? I don't care that you might not get a donut, but I want four donuts for myself, right? You've seen that plenty of times, right? When I want something, I don't care how it impacts you. It's about me and what I want. And that's what happens when we're ruled by our desires. We end up treating other people like absolute jerks. And if you want to be a jerk to everyone around you, follow your desires. Follow your heart. Because that's what it's going to lead you to. Second thing I really see from Samson is we become weak, settling for less. God wants to to use us for his purposes and his glory. And over and over, I see in my own life how I'm taken out from doing what God has for me by my Desire. Samson had so much potential with his physical strength. He could have done so much more to provide peace for the nation of Israel. And and Noah's going to talk more about this next next week. Um, But I, I do find it so ironic that he does more in one day without his sight when he finally puts some hope in the Lord than he did the rest of his life. But you see he's so strong and the girl cries to him and he becomes so weak because his he always caves to his desires right i mean and I, you know just to be real practical i see this a lot with video games and a lot of you've heard my stories i used to play i still enjoy video games but i used to play a lot of games um i probably the game i was best at ever was a game called quake three arena which probably none of you have ever played um, for several weeks I was ranked like top fifty in the world. Um, that was like like being like in Valorant, your rank, you know, radiant rank. But anyway, that's that's a different story. But what I like from all of that, like what do I really say? Oh yeah, that was so that was like I was so awesome and I was so amazing. I don't look back at that and be like, I am the greatest in the world. I right? in the grand scheme of things, that sort of stuff the value of that really fades and it ends up not mattering. And you look back at your life and you're like, man, I could have done so many other things, but I just was consumed by the game. Yes, there's a lot of educational YouTube videos out there. But what have you really learned from all the mindlessly scrolling through and watching other videos? What is that doing for you? Are you going to look back and say, yeah, that was something that really mattered. And again, not that God is against entertainment. God is not against your fun or anything like that. But I regret the friendships that I didn't build, the gospel that I didn't share, the things that I could have learned that I didn't. It's like Samson was weak because of his desires. If I only chase my desires, I become weak. You know, not to be, uh, well, I'm i with be, be blunt. No one goes around that's happily married and is like, you know what? I am really happily married today. And you know what the coolest thing about my life was? All those girls that I met when I was in high school that I got nudes from and all that time I spent watching porn. No one happily married ever says that. And that's us becoming weak, settling for less. And we do that over and over and over in our lives. No one happily married is like, hey, you know what was so cool? All the people that I hooked up with. And so if if that's like, yes, that's my goal in life, to be happily married, right? Those are the things that I'm doing today, control my, my desires that make me settle for less. And so that's my, my, my heart, and I, I pray you would know our challenge today. Man, if I just go with my desires, I'm settling for less. Because I find when I go just by my desires, I end up empty, unhappy, and unsatisfied. You look at Samson, I don't, I don't think he left his life, man, I'm really happy, I'm really satisfied. With your friends, you're just kind of like, if we're all like just kind of sitting on our phones or whatever, does that really satisfy you? Proverbs 27.20 says, Sheol and Abdon, these are places of the dead, uh, are never satisfied. Basically, there's always more people that are going to die. There's always death that happens until Jesus comes. And never satisfied are the eyes of man. If I am looking and chasing my desires, I will never be satisfied. And that's what I see over and over in my life. And I want us to know, God has a heart for you and for me. He says in John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's Satan's goal in, your, in life, to distract you away with the desires of your life, to steal, kill, and destroy, then Jesus contrasts that and says, I came that you would have life and have it abundantly. Have a joy, have a peace, have a hope, have have life. That's his heart for us. In First Peter, it talks about how we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood set apart for his goodness, set apart for holiness. He has a joy, a peace, a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. You're not just some product of random chance. The God of the universe skillfully, wonderfully created and designed you with a purpose. Romans and Galatians talks about the freedom that we have in Christ. God desires us to have that joy. Not that everything is perfect in life, but there is hope that we have in Christ, the satisfaction we have in Christ. And and kind of back to this key point, if we don't desire God, your desires will rule rule us. What I I mean by desiring the Lord uh, is really you pursue what you desire. Right? You desire a girl, you're going to pursue the girl. Right? You're going to say, How do I spend time with the girl? How do I get to know the girl? How do I impress the girl? Right? We pursue what we, uh, what we desire. And my challenge to us is, What are we spending our time pursuing? Do we pursue the Lord by worshiping him and practicing thankfulness? Do we pursue him by spending time with him and seeing that he's better? He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Something I was just reading yesterday in Psalm 119 really struck me where it says... I shall run the way of your commands. Basically, I want to follow your commands for you will enlarge my heart. When I pursue the Lord, it's amazing the way he changes my desires. He changes my heart. He changes my joy. He changes my life. And that's his desire for us, that we would pursue him. And when we do that, we aren't controlled by our desires. We don't become like Samson, who just goes after all these other things. But he changes our heart. He renews our desires. He gives us the desires of our heart that are after his own heart. And and my challenge for us is that. What are we pursuing? What desire is really ruling us. Let me pray for us. God in heaven, uh, I come before you just grateful and thankful for your love for us, that you, the God of the universe, pursued us first. Lord, when we had rejected you, when we said we don't need you, when we had gone our own way, when we had pursued our own desires, you sent Jesus into this world to live a perfect life and to die for us, to rise, to give us life, Lord, And I'm just so grateful and thankful for that. Lord, and because you have so loved us and cared for us and pursued us in that way, Lord, may we in response to that pursue you, pursue your love, pursue your grace, pursue your mercy in our lives, Lord, because you have been so good to us. May we live just in response to how awesome you are rather than just controlled by our desires, God. God, would you transform our hearts, renew our hearts as we pursue you? We love you, God, and we're grateful for you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.